I've been praying for the non-believers. All my neighbors thinking I will leave her. Awful eager to fall for all deceivers. They don't care what the creator prefers. They don't believe in walking up to Peter. They don't believe in God, Jesus either. Go from breeders and the instant reapers. Listen to the tweeters, the twisted leaders, misdemeanors. Then you go for felonies. Longer I've been, the more it looks like hell to me. Nobody helping me. They live so selfishly. They don't look well to me. You speak but seldomly. Tell the media lost in time is low. Tell me what's Hello and welcome to Be Vigilant. I'm your host today, Becky Dean. With me is my son, Henry Dean. Uh, This episode of Be Vigilant is brought to you by the Thrasher family. We can't thank you enough for your kind donation, keeping us on the air. And pretty excited to have Henry talk about some things that are important to him. Uh, But before we get into that, I wanted to let you know where you can find us on social media uh, we are on Facebook at Be Vigilant. You can send us a friend request. You can find us on Twitter or Telegram at Be Vigilant 11. You can find us on Instagram. Um, are you? No, nope. I always get this one wrong. Be Vigilant podcast. Are you recovery is mine and Matt's is Matt D underscore are you recovery. And then you can also find us on Gab. Um, Matt's Gab is be vigilant with Matt on Gab. Pretty easy. So, all right, let's get into it. Henry, how are you doing today? I'm doing really good, thank you. Mm-hmm. So first I'd like to uh, ask you, how old are you? I mean, I know how old you are because I'm your mom, but for our listeners, how old are you? I'm 15, I'll be 16 in November. Oh, my word. And um, just real, real quick history... Henry, uh, how long did you go to public school? I went to public public school for roughly eight years. Okay, and and now you're in. We did a online private school at home, and that was okay. And we finally got him into an in person private Christian school, which we're loving so far, right? Yeah, it's really good. Good. So, Henry, what is on your heart today to talk about? Well, today I wanted to talk about how uh, um, we as Christians are not to follow the crowd. We are to stand out, like it says, uh, and uh, we're not to hide our light. We're to let it shine and set it on, I can't remember the text exactly. Not under a bushel, Correct. but don't set it on the bushel either. Either way, it lights it on fire. Yeah. We're not supposed to hide our light. That's exactly right. So what, did you have some notes or something you wanted to go over today? Yeah, um, uh, so mainly I have uh, uh, Daniel 3. This is the story of uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, And to start off at uh, verse 12, um, uh, Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image. Oh, that is verse (laughs) 1. Close. It's close. Just read fast. Just kidding. (laughs) Verse 12 says, There are certain Jews whom... uh, Thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They served not thy gods, nor worshipped the golden image which thou hast set up. So first thing, notice, it shows these three men, uh, just these three, which means that the rest of the people, it um, we're bowing down to this golden image, which it shows at verse 1. I'll read that now. 
Uh, Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was three score cubits and its breadth thereof six cubits. He uh, set it up in the, the plain of Dira in the province of Babylon. So do you know how tall that is in our measurements today? Yes, in school recently they taught us that a cubit is actually different for everyone because it is, I believe, the shoulder to the tip of the middle finger. Um, so it could be uh, um, three feet, five feet, but it was, um, I actually have my notes. Uh, I got an opportunity to uh, preach on this. Well, wasn't it about 90 feet high? Does yes. that sound right? Yeah, so you don't have to go back through your chicken scratch that I can see there and try and find that. Yeah. So it was, this statue was about 90 feet high. Yeah, and uh, uh, when I uh, did the math, it kind of sounded like it would uh, look a little awkward being 90 feet high and 9 feet wide. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> tall and skinny. Yes, tall and skinny. Not very scary. Right. But... Um, the fact was that Nebuchadnezzar, um, he made an image of gold that he wanted the people to uh, bow down and worship when they uh, played uh, the music. And uh, So every time they heard this music, then everyone was commanded to bow down and worship this. Yes, um, at verse 5. That at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king hath set up. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth shall the same hour be cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. So even when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew that the knew the punishment for not bowing down and worshiping this golden image. They knew the punishment, but they decided still to worship God. And uh, <coughs> notice that uh, these uh, so-called men were not really men, but these, I learned, were just teenagers. So that kind of had an impact on you, knowing that these three brave men that have had their claim in history were actually just teenagers. Yes, it uh, shows that God can definitely use youth, uh, just like he used uh, Jeremiah. Um, he called Jeremiah to preach when he was still in the womb, and mm -hmm. that was very inspiring. And David. And David, yes. When he, he slew the giant Goliath, he was just a young boy. Yeah, he was the youngest of uh, lots of brothers <laughs> and... Uh, so I think there was definitely some, well, I would think that there was some envy there. Um, uh, but to know that God uh, uses youth is uh, definitely amazing. Because you're never too young. Yeah. Like Mary, she was only 14 when um, she was pregnant with Jesus. Wow. <laughs> That's So yeah, God doesn't have a preference of how old you are and i think this this these kind of stories inspire you because you're a teenager and so it can when you read these it can kind of give you that enthusiasm or that extra gusto to 
to stand up because now, I mean, we're not under the same kind of oppression and stuff and persecution that they were back then. So your fear isn't to be thrown in a fiery furnace, but you have different things that you fear as a teenager living in these days, but also standing up for God. Right. Um, Yes, that would definitely be. I haven't uh, come across the fear of possibly being thrown into a furnace, but definitely of being made fun of. Mm -hmm. Um, And that has occurred uh, before. Um, I can tell you it wasn't fun, but knowing uh, whose side you're on and who's on your side, I think that would definitely help. And I just want... Uh, these three boys, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, to be an example for young men and uh, young women out there that are uh, Christians that uh, are in public school or in at, in any circumstance, at work, at home. Mm-hmm. Um, just, uh, I have definitely read through this story, and it, it is a blessing to hear because at the end uh, of the story, God definitely um, shows himself that he will not uh, forsake you. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, another text I would like to look at is Proverbs 24.1. It says... Be not thou envious against evil men, neither desire to be with them. So even when you are uh, taking the path of God, taking that narrow path and not that wide path, um, and other people are uh, taking the wide path that looks fun, that and that's uh, where it ends is looks with Satan. Yeah, that's definitely true. Satan makes everything look like a party. He makes it look easy. And he makes it look very inviting. I mean, especially if if the paths that you're taking are on steep cliffs, most people are going to want to take the wide path. But the narrow path is the one to God and everlasting life. So. Yep, and uh, that, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and... Uh, leading down that path of everlasting life. Um, even when it doesn't look like you're heading that way, uh, it's coming. So in Romans 8.28, it says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. So even when uh, you're uh, faced with trials of when the world is... Uh, turning its back on you which shouldn't i don't think you should be offended by the world turning its back on absolutely you. not <laughs> um because when it in uh, psalms 118 uh, verse 8 it is better to put uh, your faith or your trust in god than to put your confidence in man so mm-hmm. i think it would definitely be easier to be uh turned away from by the world when you didn't put anything in it yeah um, and in uh, Psalm 23, it talks about our cup running over. Our, um, at first, when we read this, we were doing this thing called Bible Challenge at our church. 
I had no clue what this verse meant. And it, it was uh, very complicated because I hadn't really understood uh, um, like examples or mm, mm-hmm. metaphors gotcha. at all yet. Yeah. But um, uh, when uh, the very wise teacher that I had. Uh, Who was that? You. Oh. <laughs> I wasn't the only teacher. It was Miss Kay, too. And she was around in Old Testament times, so she's even more wise than me. I hope you're listening, Miss Kay. (laughs) Anyways, go ahead with your story. Um, But you had uh, done some research into this verse, and it says in verse 5, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Um, uh, so I was definitely, I would say, uh, more new to the faith. I was uh, still, and I believe I still am, getting the milk of the word. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but my cup runneth over me, meaning that we need to be so full of uh, God, so full of his love and his word, that uh, we are overflowing, that it is spreading to others. Mm-hmm. It is spewing out of us. Yeah. <laughs> And going into verse 6, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord uh, forever. That's a comforting verse. I love that one. Yes, I think this uh, psalm, um, The Lord is my shepherd, that is definitely, I would say, it's my favorite psalm. It is the most comforting psalm uh, that I have heard. Mm -hmm. Um, I really like, Verse 2 is what I think of when God is comforting us. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Mm -hmm. Knowing that we, not physically, uh, can uh, walk with God, we have the privilege of uh, praying to him. Mm -hmm. The privilege of prayer. Yep. Um, (laughs) And that... that he allows us to have this technology and his word. Um, it's really an amazing thought that, because without his word, we would be lost. Well, I think, and without his word, we we would, I mean, without Jesus, I don't think we would, ha- we would have the Old Testament, but then we would still be doing sacrifices and all that kind of stuff. So, um yeah, without but without all this, even though this is Old Testament, it's still very comforting to know the that this God, when you're troubled, He will take you to green pasture. He'll He'll feed you. He'll give you something to drink and an, and a safe place to sleep. And those that that might not be physically, but in your mind when you read that, it's just comforting to hear. You know, you have somebody that can take care of you and is on your side no matter what. Definitely, yes, that is that is a very comforting thought. That has gotten me through some very hard times. The fact that he will be with us and he will never leave us. And I know this is going to sound a little nerdy, but I learned... In well, you are a nerd, so it's fine. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I learned in science. Nerd. 
about a man named uh, Sir Isaac Newton. Oh, I've heard of him. Really? <laughs> um, when Sir Isaac Newton was born, he was uh, uh, sick and he was not expected to make it through the night. Hmm. And notice later that this is a man who gave his life to God. Awesome. And God definitely rewarded him, but... So the nurses had to uh, go and get him medicine, and they stayed in a hotel overnight. Or a mo- they, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was a hotel back then. That was pretty right. ancient time. It doesn't really matter. But right. <laughs> and uh, they didn't expect him. They expected to get there with the medicine and find uh, a grieving mother, but they found mm-hmm. a healthy baby. Wow. And uh, later in his life, uh, Sir Isaac Newton, he was the only one at that time um, uh, to be, I can't remember the term, but knighted without military accomplishments. Oh, yeah. Okay. Wow. I yeah. did not know that about him. Yeah, he made uh, very many discoveries that help for us, help for me to get a passing grade in science today. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, the uh, three laws of physics, um, I'm not going to get into that right now, but... Um, and uh, so now... He had his tomb. It's this big golden tomb. But as you're walking uh, to see his grave, you walk over Charles Darwin's uh, grave to get to his. Yeah. And uh, creep show. I don't want. Um. Well, Charles Darwin. He definitely did not live his life for God. But I did hear. I do not remember where, but I did hear that he gave his life to God before he died. I have heard that too. I heard that he lived his whole life. You know, survival of the fittest, evolution, all this stuff. But, th- and this is just what we've heard, so we don't know this for fact. But we uh, did hear that that he gave his life to God on his deathbed. That I I pray that that's true. That's awesome. <laughs> yes, and uh, um, even though it's not the best thing to live your life away from God, at least you are coming to know Him. Um, before it's too late, and uh, I know of a story where it was too late. Um, uh, the story of the rich man and Lazarus. Mm, mm-hmm. The rich man, he uh, lived his life in the world. He was uh, the perfect example of the world. Yeah. But then you have uh, Lazarus, this poor man. And notice... We have Lazarus's name. Does it ever show the rich man's name? I don't think it does. Hmm. Very interesting. Anyways, Lazarus, he uh, uh, accepted God. He gave his life to the Lord, and uh, it showed uh, great benefits once the angel came and he brought him to heaven. Mm-hmm. But the rich man, he never... He definitely, he got the chance, but he never took it. Yep. And you know, are you, do you need to finish the thought? I, w- I was going to say, he woke up and he, um, he regretted it. Mm-hmm. But notice, I more recently learned the end of this story, or the next part. Um, after he asks uh, Abraham... For Lazarus to cool his tongue, mm-hmm. to dip his finger in water, he asks, uh, 
for uh, someone to be sent, for an angel to be sent. I think it was an angel. Yeah. Um, to his family to tell him. But that was denied. He said that. Um, I think he asked the angel to send somebody to tell about hell, how terrible hell, hell was. And the angel said, if they're not going to listen to us on Earth, they're not going to listen to that either. Right. And that it's a sad thought. And I didn't think this before, but thinking about it now, it's a sad thought that that man is still in torment to mm-hmm. this day. And mm-hmm. there are millions mm-hmm. more that are in torment today. And it's, while it is sad, I think it needs to be a motivation to not follow the crowd, but also to do the opposite. Um, I learned it from my youth pastor, uh, uh, the putting off and putting on principle. We oh, yeah. To put off to the world and we're to put on Christ. Mm-hmm. Take off your dirty jacket and put on your clean one. Yep. Not only do we not follow the crowd, but we also do what God has told us to do. He'll never tell us not to do something without instruction of what to do. Yeah. Also, not only do you not want to follow the crowd, but you also just don't want to sit and and not follow Jesus. Right. And uh, that's just putting off. That's not the putting on also. <laughs> right. It's uh sad to say that there are definitely people that'll they'll get saved and they'll say, "All right, God, see you later." Yeah, and and I see, I've seen that a lot growing up. You know, people get saved and they're on fire for God for a couple weeks, maybe a month or a year, and then the world just sucks them back in. And, and you know, usually it's because they don't have their face in the Bible. They're not coming to church whenever the doors are open. They're not surrounding themselves with God's people. They're not they're listening to secular music still. And and let me tell you, that music has an influence over you whether you think it is or not, whether it Secular music can have no cuss words, have no bad lyrics, but it has nothing to do with God. And that will still pull you away from the Lord. And you know why? Because Satan is in the music. He was the choir director in heaven before he got the boot. So there's a lot of important things you need to do after you've been saved. And that's one of them to me anyway. Yep. So I I know you said earlier... You were talking about Romans 8.28, and that verse has been used a lot in talking to you. That's a that's one near and dear to your heart because you've had a lot of these struggles. And for a long time, we couldn't see how God was going to use this for good, right? Right. But he did. And he is always faithful. And God is faithful in everything that he does. And even as a young kid, your age, 15, God will show his faithfulness. And and you're proof of that, and your sister is proof of that, and a lot of kids at our church are proof of that. Bad situations, you can come out of them when you have the Lord, and he will use your bad situation for good. I don't know if you wanted to expand on that or not, but I just thought, you know, it's a great verse and you've heard it a lot from our pastor. Yes, that was actually the person that I heard this verse from, and it stuck to me like mm-hmm. glue because I I went to counseling a lot as a younger kid, and that's where I heard this verse. I was telling my pastor 
about how my biological dad, he was not being a dad. He was just not being there. And it hurt. And I was telling him that I'm hurting. I'm. It's affecting me in every aspect. And uh, he gave me the weirdest but most delicious and disgusting analogy ever. <laughs> he said that he also introduced me to Crisco. I think is how you say it. <laughs> a tub of pig lard. Mm-hmm. And he said, if you take that and you take a spoon, it's not going to be good. But you mix it with some flour and eggs and other ingredients, and it'll make biscuits. Mm-hmm. And so he told me that this verse, and I'm glad that he got the reference correct, because I went and I looked up this verse, and I memorized this verse, and I held it close, and I hid it in my heart, as mm-hmm. uh, the Bible says. Uh, uh, Hide my word in, in your heart, so that I might not sin against, against thee. God. Something like that. Yes, that's actually part of our, the first thing we do in the morning is we do uh, the Pledge to the Bible um, this is that school. Yes. Yeah, okay. It says, I will uh, hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. Mm. This this is his words that I have hid in my heart. That even when I go through hard times, even when ev- anyone that goes through hard times, if they love God, if they... Do his word and not just hear his word. Mm-hmm. That he will take anything and work it together with other things for good. That you can't just have, like my youth pastor says, you can't just have a bucket of flour. That's right. You need the other ingredients to make cookies. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, yeah, that's, I don't know, do you want me to, let me, we, we don't have very much We got a couple left. minutes left, it's all right. Um. Did you have any final thoughts you wanted to give before we wrap it up here? Um, yeah, it's, uh, I have here, it is worth it to uh, take the narrow path, even uh, when the wide path, oh, I already said this. That's all right. Looks better. Yeah. And uh, like I said. It's worth repeating. <laughs> yes. Looks is where it ends with Satan. Yep. But it goes beyond that with God, like, I believe it was Brother Neil Clark said, um, uh, the Satan, Satan may be mighty, but God is almighty. Heck yeah. He can do way more than Satan. Yes, he can. And he will show, and God's going to show that when he comes back. Absolutely. Well, Henry, it was a pleasure having you on today. I'm glad to hear that you're keeping your faith in the Bible and that you're encouraged by some of these stories as a teenager to, and I'm sure you and your buds, Caleb and Evan, you can all use these kind of stories, you know, keep each other motivated and get out there and preach God's word and be a, a motivator to other kids your age. Thank you for tuning in today, and we appreciate all the listeners. <laughs> Sorry, he was distracting me. Remember, folks. Be sober and be vigilant. Goodbye. Goodbye. To the old me. Goodbye.